Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. I hope you're all having a wonderful day. Let's welcome back Emil to the show. He's been uh, he's been out. He's a new dad. I think dad for the second time. Uh, so welcome back. How you doing? Good. Yeah, we got a. Uh, he's two and a half months now, but yeah, a lot of wild stuff at home. So uh, been a little difficult, but excited to be back on. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. So uh, all was good. Uh, I don't know if you saw it today, but man, the Nasdaq is taking it on the chin. I'm having flashbacks, PTSD, uh, to an environment where I saw 80% of my net worth disappear. So uh, I, 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 uh, I'm having flashbacks. And I thought maybe we could talk about that today. But you, you probably have such a way smaller portion of your net worth in the stock market now, I assume. <laughs> Dude, it's not even 1%. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, you know, you're feeling pretty good. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I have some questions I want to ask you because, uh, yeah, you, you, you know, your story, you faced the last big tech bubble. I don't know if it's a bubble right now. We'll, we'll, time will tell, but I just want to ask you some stuff because yeah. you've been through stuff like this. Uh, I guess let's start there. Do you think it's a tech bubble? What do you think is kind of going on? Oh, absolutely. I think there's without question, we're in a, a bubble. Uh, I think we are, when you start to see companies priced on revenue, not earnings, uh, when you start to see just junk SPACs come to market. Uh, when you start to see Wall Street um, really push IPOs that are at best case early. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it is very similar to the dot-com era, just different names, different acronyms. It is, um, it's all the same behavior. It's, it's frightening to see, frankly. Okay. All right. So I know history never plays out exactly the same, but mm -hmm. walk us through kind of what, what happened with the dot-com bubble so we can yeah. maybe learn something and, and apply it here. Yeah, so this is my story. And again, you'll see the similarities. So I start, so again, I start with a measly, well, today it's a measly seven grand. It was all I had when I was 30 years old or 29. It's all I say. Okay. And uh, I start, I, I finally have time right? I have an MBA at this point. I'm an accountant. I'm probably just moved into sales at this point. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be Warren Buffett. What did Warren Buffett do? He researched companies. He read financial statements. It's where I'm comfortable. So I do that and I win. It takes time though. So then I start cutting corners and I win again. Then I start getting cocky and I start day trading. And then I start adding options and then this, that, and I'm winning this whole time. Mm -hmm. you couldn't lose. And I didn't know it. I thought I was special. I thought I was unique. I remember saying I have the golden touch. Everything I touch turns to gold, which is such an arrogant, stupid thing to say. <laughs> and then I, I start investing in, in a couple of companies go bad. Uh, I happened to invest in Enron was the first one that really smacked, smacked me. Mm. Again, I want to remind folks, Enron was an audited company by Arthur Anderson. There was nothing I could read in the financial statement that had told me that company was built on an utter fraud. Mm -hmm. It smacked me. I remember being in Europe and going, that hurt. I mean, that was, that was bad. 
that that hurt real bad. Because again, we might remember in California at the time, Enron was like cleaning up because we were having brownouts and it turned out to be total crock, but how could I know, right? How quickly did Enron like fall off? Like you wake up and what happens? Well, uh, it was it was seemingly 48 hours, wow. 28, 24 hours. I mean, it was bad. It, 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 went to, it essentially vaporized before I could do anything. Um, so I remember being in Europe and going, oh my God, that hurt. I had, I'd, I'd suffered a small losses, mm-hmm. right? Kind of, you know, you know, again, again, I took seven grand up to almost 200, maybe, you know, 200 goes to 180, 180 goes back to 190. So I'm sort of like just treading water and then end run smack. And I remember going, Ooh, that hurt. I remember thinking, I remember thinking, what is the most boring investment you could do? And it was phones, telephones at the time. This is mm-hmm. really before, uh, it's before the smartphone took off. And, um, I remember going, okay, great. I'm going to do phones because I'm in Europe. I'm here for, I think I had like a six week contract. I'll worry about it later. But for whatever reason, I had to be in the market. I couldn't be in cash. So at the time I go from Enron to WorldCom. WorldCom is the world beater. It's crushing AT&T. It's buying the acquisitions. Lo and behold, it's fraud number two. Uh, So at that point, uh, I sell everything. I go to cash. I'm left with 40 grand. So some people have reminded me, great, you turned seven into 40. Not bad. That's Mm. not what I remember. I remember turning 200 into 40. That's what I remember. Right. Uh, And it it happened in six, six, eight weeks. I I, I haven't gone back to look, but that's what my memory is. fraud after fraud and that's what happens uh when the tide goes out you find out who is a fraud and i think we're going to find that now i mean look at what happened to peloton look at what happened to uh netflix look what happened to spotify i mean all of these things are coming to bear when rates go up more and more people can't zombie companies will go poof uh we will see some spectacular blow-ups here in the next 60 to 90 to 120 days probably is that is that what is triggering this? It's, you know, interest rates. Yes. Fed has signaled they're going to raise rates a couple times in 2022, but like, you know, I don't think they're going to raise them anything astronomical. Is that really reason for the market to crash this much? Or is it, is it other things going on? You think? Well, you're seeing a great repricing, right? We have been risk on the fed came in. Basically the fed was your friend from March, 2020. Yeah. Everybody made money from 2022 a couple months ago. What is happening is the Fed's not going to be a friend, but what they're trying to figure out, in my opinion, is the Fed going to be Paul Volcker, who, by the way, created two recessions as he took the Fed's funds rate up to 16.5, which is a record. Today, it's less than 0.25. He caused two recessions and he was okay with it. He broke the back of inflation. Is Powell going to break the back of inflation or is he going to be Greenspan and just raise a quarter point for the next eight meetings? Right. I think there's greater appreciation that Powell is a hawk and he's going to do something to shock the market. Hmm. The market wasn't ready ready for that. And when he does that, not only is Paul Volcker, see, here's the thing, Paul Volcker, Jerome Powell, he's going to do the taper. He's still buying 100 billion or 80 billion or 60 billion worth of stuff. He's still putting money in. Mm-hmm. He's going to stop that. He's going to raise rates. What people have, what people don't know, is they are actually going to become the largest seller of bonds. That is game changing. 
Because what happens when they are sellers and they don't need to make a profit? They can sell, have the price of that bond go down, which means the rate goes up because who's going to buy? They've got $8 trillion on their balance sheet that they've got to unload. They're going to unload it slowly, sure, but they've got to unload it eventually. Well, they don't have to do anything. They will likely get smaller. That's what I think is going to catch people by surprise because that could have kind of a double whammy on rates. And at some point, rates go up, the consumer's impacted, the economy slows down, companies can't borrow. And pretty soon, if you're a company not making any money, you're going to go broke, right? That Your burn rate, right? This is the big thing that the Valley, the Valley could be in trouble. The Valley's in trouble, I think, regardless, because I just saw that VCs, 30% of VC money in the Valley has left and it's going to Texas and Florida and other places. That's not good long-term, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, I think, I think you got a lot of tech companies that have been selling on revenue, not profit. And I think profit's about to become more important. So they're going to have to right size. They're going to have to lay off. They're going to have to do this, that, the other, they're going to have to worry about the burn rate. When was the last time a Silicon Valley company had to worry about burn rate? They just borrow more money, right? That's not going to happen. Yeah. Do you, that was another thing I was thinking, do you think it'll affect these tech companies internally, like, you know, their stock price is one thing, but is it going to cause potentially layoffs? Is it going to, you know? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. I think you're going to have, it's not all of them. There are some tech companies. If you are the king of your arena, you will likely, the strong get stronger, but the weak die. Hmm. It'll unravel over the next year. I was at tech companies. I was at startups pre-IPO. Uh, we were uh, we had filed paperwork to go public. We were on we were not we were not yet scheduled, but we were close. Okay. And um, the dot com crash happened, and not even one quarter under ninety days, we were laying people off. Crazy. Yeah, wow. we had to lay off to survive because we didn't we you know the burn rate you know because we staffed up to go public. Yeah. Then. It all disappeared and it will happen again. Yeah. I wonder what this means for startup land, right? It's been so easy to, I don't want to say it's so easy, but probably never easier to go out and just raise money to keep the runway longer. Mm-hmm. Is VC money going to dry mm-hmm. up or companies going to like? Well, it, it, yeah. It, but, but again, it is 2022 is going to be a year of change and uh, the Valley's not ready. I don't, I, I don't think the Valley's ready. It's, it's, it's going to become harder to raise money. Uh, it's going to be more costly. So you'll still be able to raise money. Let's mm. be clear. Ideas always matter, but they won't be as great a rates. You'll give up more of the company. Uh, you, will, uh, you will likely have to go back. Like if you're in round C or D, you will yep. likely go back to the people who gave you the first rounds versus somebody else, uh-huh. um, which means it's, it's, it's going to be different. People aren't ready. Again, I can't tell you, man. There's so many people in the Valley that aren't ready for a change because it has been so easy for too long. And um, yeah, we're going to have companies disappear. When's the last time a tech company really disappeared? But uh, another thing that will happen in the Valley is acquisitions. Like right. mm-hmm. uh, Microsoft buying Activision. You're going to see, again, the, in what we're about to go through in the Valley is the strong gets stronger. Mm-hmm. The weak die. The ones in the middle get gobbled up. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. You know, you just have such a, you were in tech for so long, you were investing. So 
uh, I think your perspective is inter interesting here. Uh, bringing it back to real estate, you know, in 2008, everything crashed, right? Stocks crashed, real estate crashed. 2000 tech bubble, did real estate go down? Like what happened to real estate during that time? So there's really two answers to that. So I was in a couple of markets, right? Where I live and where I invest. Where I invest, nothing happened, right? They didn't have a tech presence. It was Fresno, California, didn't have a tech company. It barely has anything today. So they make food. You still need to eat. The Bay Area, what people don't realize is the Bay Area hit a, it didn't really go down, but it, it transactions fell off a cliff, mm. right? Because again, what did people, what were just like today too, people were back in the day it was options. Today it's RSUs, same deal. People use their equity packages to buy houses. And when that all disappeared, housing transactions stopped. Um, it, prices didn't really fall because there wasn't enough transactions to do that. But yeah, if you had to sell, it was tough. You, 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 it, I mean, it, people, people aren't going to believe this, but days on market went over 30 days. I mean, <laughs> oh, oh my, my God, God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what the hell, right? So uh, the Valley does have a limited housing. Um, so it does have that. So it won't see the big epic crash in price. But if you're a real estate agent, oh, get ready for, Crickets. Interesting. You think nationally or just in? No, high tech? price, tech heavy places. Got it. Okay. Yeah, tech heavy places. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, I don't really have much. I'm trying to think of like a good final question. If you were heavily invested in tech for the last couple of years, hmm. what, what would you do right now? I would definitely look at my portfolio. I would try to figure out who do I have the. Uh, you know, do I have the great white sharks or do I have, you know, something else, right? Do I have a baby shark or something? Hmm. I think, I think the best of the best always do well. Uh, I think the ones in the middle struggle, but probably get acquired. And then the ones at the bottom that are true, a, a lot of these SPACs, man, they were just junk <laughs> and garbage. Yeah. I, that didn't do well. Yeah, that's not good. There, there are some companies that need to die. Uh, what we've seen the last two years is anybody could borrow money, mm -hmm. uh, but that's, that's going to go away. So I, you know, I would definitely be evaluating my portfolio. I certainly wouldn't be on margin. I think going on margin is, is horrible advice. Um, but you know, I, I, big tech, big tech, game changing tech, you know, if you're willing to hold long enough, you, you should be okay. Okay. Good advice. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your, uh, your insights here. Yeah. And again, let's just be clear, right? I, I'm a huge proponent of tech and innovation. It's just, we're in, we're in an environment where there are too many people priced on revenue and not earnings. And if you're burning hundreds of millions of dollars a quarter and you can't borrow anymore, you eventually go broke. So be careful. Good advice. All right, buddy. Take care. Thanks. You too.